Hello, listeners. This is the producer of the Cowboy Podcast, um, Cayman Davison. Real quick, we are so sorry it's taken us so long to get the next episode out. We've seen an exponential growth in listeners the past few weeks, so thank you so much for that. We are trying to ensure that we have a weekly or bi-weekly release schedule going forward. Um, the past few weeks have been pretty crazy for all of us here um, at True Grit the Cowboy Podcast. But we do thank you for your listenership, and we hope you enjoy this next episode. Again, thank you so much. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to Real Grit, the Cowboy Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode. I am your lead host for this episode, Andy Vosser, joined by my normal cohorts here. We have Cayman and Tristan today. How are you guys doing? I am doing great. Thank you for asking. Yeah, doing very well. Good, good. Well, today we are going to delve into some more history and we're going to be talking about Basically, what I feel is the clash of two things together that are my favorite historical subjects. We're talking about cowboys and the Civil War. Mm-hmm. Um, not mutually exclusive. Not mutually exclusive. There's, 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 some, uh, there's some blending together that can happen with that. Well, really, with the Civil War itself, you could find that there's, it was such a defining moment. It, it, it touches a lot of things. So cowboys as well. Um, I mean, we're not going to go into like a super, super details of what the Civil War was. Most people probably have a basic understanding of that. I mean, in a nutshell, it was uh, a war that happened between 1861, 1865. It had many different names: War between the States, War of Rebellion, War of Northern Aggression. It was a it was a big uh, uh, conflict between North and South. Uh, over a lot of brewing issues that that continued to come up and eventually turn into an all-out, drag-out, bloody war. Um, I thought it'd be kind of fun to start off just really quickly to talk about each of us and kind of how we've uh, dabbled in Civil War history over the years. So um, when do you guys want to kind of talk about your interest in the Civil War over the years? Yeah, I'll take that one. Um, I'll start it off. So... Uh, I don't even remember how, remember how old I was um, when I got interested in the Civil War. I think it, you know, probably the age of puberty, 12, 13 years old, kind of war was a interesting thing. I mean, I'm in the military now, so obviously I, I uh, kind of had a, a large influence about what war was or is. Um, and I very much remember the Civil War stuck out to me because um, it was one of the deadliest wars in history up until that point of, you know, 650,000 plus, uh, soldiers died during this time. Um, it was a war of mod- modernity, really using, uh, rifling. And, uh, I generally went more with the Northern or union side of things. Um, I know you guys kind of might have different opinions or whatnot, but, <laughs> um, yeah, I really just, yeah, exactly. I, I studied a little <laughs> bit about it, you. you know, I, I read the books, the history, Wikipedia, whatever, what have you. And then um, when I was getting my master's in college, I really delved into the history of Custer, which he's not really talked about a whole lot of his role in the 
the Civil War, and that kind of re-sparked my interest. I've toured Gettysburg, Vicksburg, um, multiple other battlefields. It's kind of a, a low-key passion of mine. And um, I think it's really an interesting era of our country, and it really shaped the the place we're at now. It really shaped the presidential ideas, the political ideas, and social ideas for, I'd say, the next 150 years. So it's a, a very interesting war that I think is almost understudied in the modern academia, if you will. What about you, what about you uh, Tristan? What about your... Uh First kind of forays into Civil War history and stuff. A lot of it was around, same as uh, your time, because we did a lot of stuff together about Civil War. But the earliest I can remember is um, we had a a history group that met, and we did a uh, um, a unit on, like, the the Civil War and and westward expansion. And we actually had a farm in our area where they would have us come and do an introductory play um, for it. And then part of the, one of the events that I did is I memorized the Gettysburg address and dressed up as Lincoln. And I was like, probably, I don't know, eight, 10 years old, somewhere around in there. I very um, much remember that. Actually. I remember the, yep. that, I, there's still a picture floating around somewhere. I think. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, me up on stage, like a really <laughs> awful, like blown out, like, like film picture that got badly mm-hmm. developed. But yeah. Me on um, with a fake beard on stage, <laughs> but yeah. And, and then as time went on, kind of, reading more um remember both annie and i you'll probably touch on that we're very much into the um the movie gettysburg the uh, yeah gettysburg the um uh i'm trying to remember the 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 book was angels and devils um, the killer angels was the book. killer angels yeah. Yeah. yeah killer angels and um actually purchased a full union uniform fitted to me and uh was brave enough to wear it in the south I mean, Texas, I guess, isn't super much south, but <laughs> I think most people didn't understand what we were wearing. It's <laughs> a modern city in a, in a mall, in a mall uh, um, food court, people staring at us. Uh, you were there as well, Andy. And uh, yeah, anyway, so just reenactment and learning how to make our own musket balls and do that kind of stuff. We had a group that did reenactment. Yeah, I, thing, I, would, so. I, would, I think um, now that you bring it up... Um, we had a, a kind of a study group growing up that we did uh, sort of a study on the uh, Red Badge of Courage, actually. Mm. Um, I don't know if you guys remember that. I do recall I that was kind of my kinda first. I remember. I don't remember doing a group with it. Yeah, yeah, I don't remember exactly. But yeah, the Red Badge of Courage is probably the first um, literature, really, I read that kind of got me interested in it. So that's, uh, yeah. There you go. Nice, nice. Yeah, for, for me, uh, Tristan, you hit it right there. It was It was... Uh, the movie Gettysburg that really got me into the love of the history of the Civil War. I, I went over to my, my grandparents' house. It was like around Thanksgiving one year, and it was on TV that day. And it was like halfway over. Of course, the movie's over four hours long, so even halfway, you're still got a nice long movie. <laughs> but uh, I remember I was watching. I just I really was getting into it, and my grandpa's like, hey, you really like this? I'm like, yeah. He said, well, here, I'll let you borrow it. He had, a, he'd had it on VHS tape. So uh, I borrowed that, brought it back home. I think I watched it a couple times, and I just was really really hooked after that and uh, started, you know, I subscribed to a Civil War history magazine and I started, you know, buying books on the subject. I really got into the history of the music of the Civil War was kind of one of my passions. And yeah, I did a little bit of, of reenacting stuff too. And and I just continued to go on. And even to this day, I mean, I still constantly read um, the subject. I've got books everywhere on the Civil War and 
uh, it kind of something I always kind of circle back to. So um, it is it is a very, very watershed moment in American history. And, and so yeah, it does have this connection to kind of what we're this the subject of this podcast is is the Cowboys, uh, because the Cowboy era is basically the main part will, will happen right after the Civil War. But um, before the war, the cattle industry was just starting to kick off. Um, Texas, in Texas mostly, Texas, they had the Texas Longhorns. That that industry was starting to really, really pick up and probably would have exploded more so had the war not have happened. Um, by 1860, uh, cattle herds in Texas were at the size of 3.5 million. Um, and at the same time, there were 600,000 Texans. Uh, so, you know, they're way outnumbered by cattle. Cattle was a big, big thing there. Um, but then the war breaks out in 1861, and Texas, uh, being in the South, obviously sided with the South. And um, numbers are around 60,000 Texans went off to war. Um, so a lot of the ranches ended up without cowboys because they were all off fighting. And uh, the cattle business started to really dwindle because the the workers were gone. And plus, they're in the South. Um, the Southern economy was was never in a good place. And, and those who were trying to maybe sell cattle to feed the army weren't getting good returns because they were getting mostly Confederate greenbacks, which were worth nothing. Um, so it ended up being to where the cattle industry pretty much in Texas was shuttered. Um, I did a little reading that, that some of the ranches further south towards Mexico did better because a lot of their, their, uh, cowboys were, were actually Mexicans. So, um, which is where they, like we talked about earlier, kind of, they learned the business of actual horseback riding all that from came from them initially yeah yeah so they were obviously naturally could were were uh understood the skills to do that and they weren't as you know they, they weren't involved they were they were mexican nationals so um they did a little bit better down towards the the the, the rio grande area but um throughout the war the the cattle population has essentially exploded um yeah, you know, you ha- didn't have any too. way to go and and um, manage the herds, you know, castrate uh, them and such. Right. Yeah. So it was it was uh, it was it was party time on the plains, <laughs> <laughs> and and by war's end, the the size of the uh, the the cattle herds in Texas was estimated to be around six million. Jeez, wow. that's a lot. <laughs> so from from let's it was, see, six hundred thousand. Oh no, it's yes. I guess yeah, I didn't say how many there. Oh, so before three the war, and a half was million. three point five million. So it had gone up. You know, it almost basically doubled, close doubled, to double. Yeah, um, a less. And there had been several generations that have been born of, of cattle since the war had started. So there was all these unbranded cattle running everywhere. And actually, there was it was an event in Texas that became known as the Big Drift because they had just drifted everywhere. So once the war ended, these cowboys came back. And then they just had to spend the time rounding them up, finding you know ones that are actually part of your ranch. And obviously, as if anybody kind of knows a little bit about um, cattle and the and the cattle industries, if you find if you find um, cattle that are not branded, they're free for the taking. Mm-hmm. 
I forget so, there's a term for that, isn't there? Like open, um, unbranded. There's a they have a nickname. The Maverick for that. is it? The Maverick, Maverick probably. Maybe yeah. The right term. But yeah, basically, that is one. Yeah. It was. It was. If you found one, no brand, anybody. It was. It was yours for the taking. So I'm pretty sure that I I, I couldn't find any historical stuff on this much, but I bet you there was quite a, uh, for some, there's probably a big rush to see if they get out there and get as many branded as possible, especially if they drifted so far and you needed to build your herd back. Um, would have been a, a, a good thing. So that was, that was kind of the, the, the impact of the civil war on Texas and the Texas cattle trade, which was, which was starting off strong and then, took a, took a pause. Um, but it, it, it does help. And we'll talk a little later on. It does help with the, what will eventually happen with, um, the cowboy in the West. Um, but before that, just a, a kind of a side note, but a, a piece of interesting history that I've, I've kind of dabbled in over the years is, is a, another, another way that, that men were making their way out West and eventually probably were getting involved in the in the uh, cattle trade was during the war there was a a group of soldiers known as galvanized yankees now galvanize a gal like we got to get our terms i guess to galvanize something is the you coat iron or steel with zinc like a like a yeah. galvanized bucket you know or I they, hadn't heard it, that term before for galvanized it, yankees yeah it it keeps the iron from rusting yeah it, it basically hides the metal underneath and protects it yeah yeah it's a seal coat on top of that so the um what who the galvanized yankees were were basically they were southern prisoners of war who were sent out west in exchange for being released from prison they would wear a coat of blue they would be in the union army but they were out west guarding forts they were guarding wagon trains so they were put in a in a uh, an area where they weren't going to be obviously fighting against their own people uh they were they were out where the war was was not really happening in in that way but it was a a uh, a way that that they were able to kind of get out of a squalor Re- reintegrate back in and yeah yeah and kind yeah. of i mean you know you think about you think about it i mean um i've i've toured a couple of civil war um prisons um and yeah the, it's it's well known that they were uh pretty pretty terrible places yeah bad conditions there was some um, very so you know you think i mean if if there's some way where you could get out Okay, you know, I mean, it's it's uh, better than rotting away in there. But the funny thing is, is that with these these units that went out west, the, the units had a really high reputation for desertion. Oh, really? So well, that's what I wonder if, imagine, like, so yeah. So that's what they called it, galvanized, because basically you were hiding their true self with a coat, basically putting a blue coat on a on a southerner, and yeah, yeah. Underneath they were still a southerner. They just kind of had this this uh, this I coat w- that was kind of put over them. I wonder if if the people that they like the other like say Union soldier Northern soldiers that they might have worked with, how much they were outcast if they were you know 
in that unit or if the people knew that that's where they came from. Yeah. Be- yeah. yeah I mean, were, I guess if they had an accent from the, you know, very Southern accent, they might be like, hmm, yeah. where yeah, were I you would, during the war? I would say, or I, I do recall um, my study of the histories, if you will, that um, the officers were almost always union officers. Right, and it was mm. it was kind of your privates, so not you know your sergeants. And oh your yeah, officers. you wouldn't put a southern. Yeah. <laughs> so these, uh, these are the guys that would be bad idea. Dirty work, basically. <laughs> they were not, yeah. you know. I mean, it's better in prison, I imagine, but it wasn't great because if you if you think about, you know, we've talked about the Great Drift and all these kind of things. We have to imagine. I mean, if you've driven through Texas, like I've driven through Texas multiple times, it's, it's a massive state, right? Um, and not just Texas, just the West in general. It's it's huge. It's flat. It's just endless. And though it may be better than prison, there's kind of nowhere else to go. You know what I mean? Like you, they had these, they built these forts in the middle of literally nowhere. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, desertion is probably a problem. But I imagine that most of these guys, I mean, they, in order to just live, they had to be in the military um, because the military provided them food and horses and water and a, a safe place from the roaming bands of native americans or indians you know whatever you want to call it so um it was in in reality really um prison just of a different type right um you know i think that's one thing about keep they didn't have the railroads weren't built yet there was no cars or roads i mean they were just they were putting a little fort in the middle of nowhere and so I think that's something you know important to keep in mind talking about these galvanized Yankees. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, they they you know the, the ones that did desert, you know, who knows where they went from there. I mean, you can only kind of speculate. I mean, I kind of speculate some may have actually still um, stayed out there. Uh, maybe maybe found work uh, mining or on a cattle ranch or something like that. I mean, you know, one thing we talked about when, in one of our early episodes was that among cowboys, it was considered bad manners to, to ask about a man's past because, you know, whether, whether you were uh, on the run uh, from the law or you were just trying to reinvent yourself, you know, you came from wherever you were back East and maybe something, something went bad uh, or anything, um, you know, so it was kind of a man's past was, was his past. And, um, yeah, it was very much I'm his own, sh- right? Yeah, and I'm yeah. pretty sure at post post Civil War, which we're going to go into next here, that that was probably a uh, probably an important part of things because uh, you know right after the war, you're going to see all these guys going west from you know both sides, and they're going to start working together, and um, you know that it's the uh, the sentiments and the the um the feelings and and the the bitterness all that was still very 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 prevalent and could you know, could be a, a powder keg very quickly to go off <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you know but uh anyway the, the galvanized yankees that was just a, kind of more of a side note but i always found that an interesting, that's interesting. story i never had heard that term before that's that's very cool yeah, yeah it's, it makes it's a lot just, of sense it's kind part of, of the reconstruction things. yeah 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 it's just one of those little things where you know they were Another way the West was expanded as a result of the war. Yeah, and, um, I'm, and I'm sure we'll talk about it ne- um, next episode, like you said, about the, the veterans and such from the war. But something that, that struck me when I was reading into this, which I feel kind of dumb not having 
kind of had this aha moment before, but you know how the, we talk about like the West was the main trigger for the civil war. Cause it was whether or not the Western states, part of Louisiana purchase and such would be Southern or Northern. They'd be pro slavery or anti slavery states, how that triggered the civil war. But then realized that then after the civil war, so the West caused the civil war and then the civil war and the soldiers from it then are the ones who explored and basically tamed the West. All the soldiers in the army had a huge part in the, the westward expansion. So there kind of was a circular, <laughs> the, these soldiers were a lot of them created by the, by the West expansion and the, and then they, cre- and then they continued it, yeah. you know, yeah. and exploring and protecting the frontier people. Which there. is again, you know, why this you know, makes it such an interesting subject because they are very, it's very intertwined. And in many, many ways you find that this, all these things are so intertwined with each other. Um, yeah, that's a, that's a good point. I never thought about that because, yeah, I mean, you know, basically pr- right before the Civil War breaks out, you have the whole conflict in Kansas. You had, you know, bleeding Kansas and, and things I, like I that. Would, yeah, and I'd love to do some research on that. I, I, I'd forgotten. I think I remember that in like briefly, but how much conflict there was before the Civil War, like a full-on skirmish and battles happening before yeah, the yeah, actual Civil War was officially – we always hear the official, you know, Fort the Fort Sumter. Right, yeah. Right, yeah. yeah. For Sumter attack. And no, there was like bleeding Kansas, Nebraska. There was some people Missouri. being killed. Yeah. So, so. after the war, we see um, a huge movement west of a lot of people. Uh, you know, many, many men who worked as cowboys were Civil War veterans, and, and many of them were out of jobs in the war Indies. You think of, you know, a, a Southerner going back and, you know, depending on where he was located, his, his whole area could just be, you know, burnt to the ground. It could be uh, just, you know, it just, it just the, the economy was in the shambles. Reconstruction was really tough. So a, a lot of those, those um, Southerners were, were making their way out West, but even, in, you know, in the North as well, uh, going back home, perhaps what they did before was no longer there, or they just, couldn't find any any meaning there anymore. You know, a lot of these guys had had gone off the war thinking, "Hey, this is going to be one glorious romp," till they figured out that it was, you know, this horrendous bloodbath. And so, another way they could go and and reinvent themselves is we'll go west. And it's there's 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 a fresh start out there. There's 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 land, there's, there's opportunity and, and, and off they would go. So with the completion of the railroads, we see that uh, the, 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 that happens right after essentially the war. I mean, the transcontinental railroads completed in 1869. So that's basically four years after the war ends. Um, and so everyone was a little busy and tied up for a few years there yeah, before. <laughs> yeah. They were, you know, they were building railroads and, 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 and the industry was starting to pick up again. So, um, so a lot of, a lot of those cowboys had, uh, that background and, and, um, you know, c- continued to, to carry that, that with them. And, and they would be of close to the, to the right age there. I mean, you're thinking if, you know, if you got someone who was, in his early twenties during the war, well, then he's out west as a cowboy. You know, he's getting towards his late twenties, around around thirty or so. So, I mean, that was the the prime age for these guys to 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 be out west. And 
working that working that life as a cowboy is also a lot that probably were into mining and then obviously building railroads things like that but it was that was that really helped to um, encourage this this a great migration west and also just with the with the uh, the country starting to rebuild and and reunite there was obviously a need to have a good a good uh food source as well and here we have the cattle out west as as a way that 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 can be that can be accomplished um post-war as well especially now with the the industrialization of things that's one thing you see as a transition kind of throughout the wars things became much more industrial um railroads become a bigger thing and 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 um so that that kind of lends to the new kind of a new world where it's not so it's not so much kind of small agrarian it was becoming much more uh, mechanized and the cattle industry was just ready and primed and ready to go because of that mm-hmm. so i would also say we can't you know um can't talk about these soldiers going out west especially from the south without talking about the sting of defeat as well you know um I think it was around 2,000, roughly, Texans fought in the Calvary of the Confederate States during the war, and only about 120 of them died. So you're you're talking about 1,800, roughly, men who fought for about four years, five years, um, you know, sacrificed an awful lot, and then they lost. They're, I mean, we we need to look at it in a, a different lens, almost of they were fighting for what they believed at the time and they lost and then and then what right because then you have um the the north was extremely strong industrially they had a lot of you know the the great magnates if you will this is the beginning of sort of the beginning of the gilded age um and i mean but you know going back home after losing that war, I mean, what, what else are you going to do? And, you know, a lot of these guys were kids when they joined 18, I mean, sometimes 16, there's stories of 12 year olds joining the war. And, um, and I think, you know, if you, if you take a look at like just the human nature or the nature of men, um, they got a taste of adventure and of excitement. And then you're expected to just go home and be a servant. Right. And that's just not really in the nature of man. And so here was this opportunity, really, to go out, tame the West, like we've been kind of talking about. And it's it's a job. You're, you're fed. You have a horse. You're in the open. And um, I think that was a huge draw for people, for young men especially, during this time to go out and be cowboys. Because I mean, I, I kind of just like put my myself in their shoes. Like, what else are you going to do? Right? Go back and do nothing, or go and be a cowboy. Um, yeah, do you know, something you're familiar with. Exactly. And, there, you know, there's something to be said about the fact that cowboys had a uniform of sorts, which for, you know, myself being a military man is you kind of get used to wearing it, kind of get used to being part of the, the team or the, the frat, whatever you want to call it. And Probably a lot of more we're wearing their uniforms still from the war. Well, yeah, I mean, exactly. I mean, that, that even, even the fact that there's stories of Confederate, you know, ex-Confederates going out and being cowboys and all they had were their gray coats and gray. And that tells sure, you something you same about thing, it. you know. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, a, it's a wool coat. I mean, it's, it's yeah, exactly. Warm. So I mean, that tells you like <laughs> they had nothing at home, right? Like they could, they couldn't even take their uniforms off because there was nothing. 
And so absolutely, you know, this 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 mentality that we're we're talking about, this cowboy, this free range roaming person, I think really kind of started at this point of, hey, I, I went home, they don't even have clothes for me. I can't even take my uniform off. So I'm gonna go be a cowboy. Because I'm gonna go join my boys or you know, I'm gonna go join the guys I fought with or whatever you wanna say. But there was a an acceptance, you know, of being a cowboy because I, I think it's important to think that on the union side, the you know, the the generals and the officers kind of went back home and, and the North was a lot stronger than it was before the war, right? Like war creates jobs, war creates an industry, and it creates a lot of money. It it pays to be um, you know, an industrialist during this time in the North, especially. And so, um, you know, as, as a, even as a Northern, a Northern enlisted man or Calvary person, you know, whatever you want to say, um, you know, you go back home and there's nothing for you. There's no jobs. There's, you're seeing all these other people get rich and you're like, man, no way. I'm going to go out West. I'm going to, I'm going to continue this life that I got a taste for that I like. And I think that's a really important thing to think about of the, the beginning of the cowboy. It, you know, it wasn't just inherently a bunch of just dudes going out and being like, yeah, I'm going <laughs> to I'm gonna be out in the free range. No, this was, these were guys who had nothing else, literally nothing else to do. Um, right. It was, it's a, yeah. It's a direct, it's a direct result of, of their time in the war, mm -hmm. essentially, you know? Yeah. And exactly. A, a way to, yeah, to, 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 start anew and yeah and I, to to yeah i mean exactly if you if you think about you know we're we, we're, we're going to talk about it eventually obviously but you know cowboy ballads right or ballads um cowboy clothing cowboy weapons mannerisms etc cetera, etc cetera, very similar to military life right if you think about even now that the army has a song and anytime the the song plays Every soldier is supposed to stand at attention and sing along, right? You know, same with the Air Force, Marines, whatever you want to say. So these were people who are used to some sort of structure in their life that was suddenly stripped away at the end of the war, and they wanted that structure back. Well, you have the cowboy. There is a bit of a structure to being a cowboy. You know, you, you wash the cattle, you drive the cattle, you eat at the, the chuck wagon, you have a boss, you know what I mean? That I think there's something to be said about that, about being a soldier for four or five years is very similar to being a cowboy where you're, you're free range, but you're also like, you have a job and the job has its, its uniform. It has its purpose, it has a meaning behind it. Yeah. Uni unified purpose. Exactly. Exactly. And plus, you could go there and be with people who probably had the same experience as you. They're there for the same reason, right? And that's the tribalism that that um, is it kind of human nature, really. You want to be around people who have the same shared experience, whether you be a Union soldier, a Confederate soldier, doesn't matter. You saw war, you saw death, you saw suffering, and you could share it. You could go out in the, the mountains, you could go out in the plains, and you could share it with other people and you could sing songs about it, right? So that's just kind of my, my thought on on kind of why the cowboy is the way the cowboy is, is you're a soldier with no war, essentially. Yeah. Now, now, now the war is, can we, you know, get these cattle to market without, you know, 
fighting fighting now you're fighting the elements and you're fighting uh, uh native americans and yeah finding finding people who are trying to steal what you have i mean it's 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 a different type of of war but yeah you're you're right they're they're still following that same the same patterns of we have we have a duty we have a mission to do and it's going to take the 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 group here to be able to accomplish that that mission so there's still camaraderie there's still um a lot of that, a lot of that, that culture that is part yeah. of it. And those are, those are all really, really good, good points. Yeah. And, it, and you know, it's, it's protecting too, right? Like as a soldier, your main job is to fight for what you love and protect what you love. And I mean, as a cowboy, you're protecting the cattle. That, that's your main job. That's why you exist is to protect the cattle. So there's a lot of similarities there, you know, similarities, um, between being a soldier and a cowboy, really. It's kind of an interesting thing. I really, I, same as you, Tristan, I didn't really have my aha moment, if you will, until I kind of delved into this. I was like, wow, these these uh, cowboys are basically soldiers. They're just not wearing a uniform of a nation. They're wearing the uniform of their job. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that's a, a good place for us to wrap up this episode. Um yeah, I just think it's a, it's just, it's, it's so just interesting. And I just find it so, so such a great um, combination of, of two things I love, the, the Civil War and the Cowboys, the history of those two things. And, and just to, to see how they, how they weave together and, and, and interconnect and, and, you know, in the future here, yeah, we're going to, we'll talk about a lot of other things that we'll go into that. I know one thing Tristan you've talked about is you're working on uh, episodes on um, weapons and really you're going to have to see, you know, how the weapons of the civil war mm-hmm. tie right into the, the weapons of the cowboy. Yep, because that so. basically is what they used and went into. So yeah, yeah, we'll, yeah. So this isn't the last time we'll be talking about the Civil War. That will that will pop up again now and again as 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 a uh, a point of 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 fact for for the different things that that uh, that we'll talk about as we continue through this series. So, but uh, yeah, I just I I really was excited whenever we were kind of going over subjects. I'm like, oh yeah, the, the Civil War and cowboy. That sounds like that'd be a, a nice a, a great a great. Uh, 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 combination of, t- of two of two very very interesting uh, subjects so well before we uh before we ride off into the sunset here um tristan yes what is the way everybody can learn more about us and contact us and help us out all those things well, they could visit our website at thecowboypodcast.com. They could see episode notes, contact information, and all of our other announcements and such throughout the week if we have anything. Um, and if you're a listener that would like to support and help us to keep doing what we're doing, um, you can support us over at buymeacoffee.com forward slash cowboypodcast. And always, if you can rate, subscribe um, to wherever you listen to our podcast, that would be very helpful and even more helpful would be as if you could share the podcast with a friend, family member, fellow soldier <laughs> while you're sitting around the campfire at the end of a long day's march. Awesome. Well, thank you guys for, uh, yeah, for, for joining me here for this episode. It was a lot of fun and great, great conversation as always. And uh, yeah, listener, come back next time. We'll have another, another great episode. And until then, we will see you down the trail. Yes, we'll rally around the flag, boys, we'll rally.